Hey everybody, Dr. Axe here. Welcome to another show. Today I have an incredible guest, Dr. Patricia Pingle. She's a NMD, a naturopathic physician, and really an expert on adrenal fatigue and how stress impacts our body. And today we're going to be really diving into how to heal your adrenal glands. This is also going to support your thyroid, your energy levels, and so much more. Also, she's the author of the book, The Total Health Turnaround, which has sold more than 60,000 copies. Dr. Patricia, welcome, uh, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks. Now, what, uh, what part of the country are you in? I'm in Arizona, beautiful, sunny Arizona today. Wow. I love it. Well, I'm in Nashville <laughs> right now. And, uh, you know, we, we've, uh, you know, Arizona, I've been a couple times. I've been to, you know, Scottsdale and Phoenix in that area. And there's actually a true food kitchen in Scottsdale. I really have enjoyed on several occasions. So I'm there regularly. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I can imagine. Yeah. So, all right, let's dive in. One of the things I love that you really talk about is stress, right? So we're going to talk about adrenals and this is such a big thing here. I want to say this too, for everybody in ancient Chinese medicine and in Ayurveda to some degree, your adrenal glands were really the chief organ that supplied energy to the rest of your body. And I'm excited to hear what you said about the day. So I just want to say, when we're talking about the adrenals here, this affects so many different organs, especially even things like it's linked to hypothyroidism, all kinds of things. So this is going to impact a lot of us. And if you got low energy, a lot of times that's a route there as well. But, uh, but Tricia, what first inspired you uh, to start writing about and looking at how stress, let's talk about stress first, how stress affects the body? Yeah, well, I was inspired to start it. Actually, um, I was going to become a veterinarian. That was kind of my path. And what I loved about veterinary medicine was the holistic aspect of it. You know, looking at you, they can't tell you what's wrong. So you'd have to do diagnostics. You'd have to look at their, do their exam, figure it out, do their treatment. And during this time, my dad had a stroke and he had a really massive stroke. It hit the midbrain. Um, he was in a coma. And, um, you know, I rushed up there and, and I was trying to talk to doctors and it, it and I was looking at the preventative, you know, that he had just seen a cardiologist, had a stress test. He was on medications for blood pressure, cholesterol. Nobody ever talked about preventative. No one ever talked about lifestyle. No one ever talked to him about his stress. And I started to think, gosh, is there an aspect of medicine that combines the diagnostics and the holistic viewpoints of veterinary medicine with the ability to educate and teach patients how to control their stress and find that underlying cause. And so that led me to naturopathic medicine, which led me to heal myself and start looking at some of the symptoms that I had had over the years in my gut, in my hormones, in my skin, and look at how stress impacted that. And when I started to look at things like in traditional Chinese medicine, adaptogens like ashwagandha and using herbs like that and nutritional therapies that went to the root cause of my illness, I started to heal. And that's what kind of led me to go that route with my patients and watch their journey um, and also write about it. Um, I also applied this to my mom. My mom had cancer. She was diagnosed with a incurable cancer. And I, I think yours as well. Yours was curable. She was, yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. Was. And to watch the power of um, medicine and natural medicine and focusing on stress response, we were able to extend her life 13 years. She had been given five wow. and she had a very vibrant and full life. And I attribute that 100% to looking at how her body was responding to stress and in turn, how that was infecting her nutrition, her immune system, 
her mood, her outlook, her vitality. So that's kind of how I led into the arena of adrenal fatigue. And, and I'm finding now just more and more, it's just, it's affecting so many people and not enough people um, are talking about it and not enough phys- physicians are focusing on it, in my opinion. So that's how it led me here. Makes sense. You know, I, I do think, you know, one of the things, as you again mentioned, as we me- mentioned Chinese medicine, you know, that they would say that the number one factor in determining if you get sick or not, or come down with everything from cancer to infertility to heart disease is emotions is the number one thing. They would say nutrition's number two, but that your mind and emotions are the biggest causative factor of illness. And that's a, it's a hundred percent correct. I'm a nutrition guy, right? I mean, I love nutrition, but again, you're so right. Is it stress affects the body? And there's a lot of now medical studies showing how stress actually impacts our physical health. So let's talk about, um, actually maybe how, how does stress specifically impact the body? Um, well, I mean, we were built for acute stress. We have a mechanism, you know, I always use this example. Uh, if you were in the woods and you're hiking, you know, you're enjoying nature and along comes a bear, you know, in that moment, you start to panic, your eyes focus on where you're going, your blood pressure goes up, your sugar's diverted to the muscles. You know, you're worried about running, you know, you're not worried about supporting your immune system or building your hormones. You just need to run. And so we were built to run and it's a survival mechanism. But the problem is in, in like modern day society with all the technology and all the stress that we're under, we're running, we get away from the bear and then there's another bear and then there's another bear and then there's another bear, you know? So by the time we finally even get a moment to rest, we don't even know where we ran. And, you know, half the time, we don't know what lake we ran by, what direction we ran by. And so we start to have all these symptoms like forgetfulness and we're exhausted and, you know, we're not digesting and we're getting sick all the time because our body is constantly in that acute um, state that has now become chronic. And I think that's what the majority, honestly, particularly in America, a lot of us are under this. A lot of it links back to this wonderful thing that we've developed called technology, (laughs) but that's also limiting our ability to truly heal because we're never accessing the parasympathetic nervous system to calm our bodies down. And this perpetuates itself in, I call it a hamster wheel. It kind of just keeps going. You know, it's like, as soon as you get away from that bear, you can't think about anything until the next bear and then the next bear. And then by the time you get somewhere, you're so caught up, you don't even know where to start. Um, So I think how we interpret stress, and this goes back to your point, um, talking about emotions and how we bring that stress into our body and how we interpret that stress, I believe is the key to how we keep it from impacting us physically. If we don't have that mind-body element to change and reframe and make gratitude and slow down a little, we end up with a lot of the common diseases that we're seeing in our country, diabetes, heart disease, you know, oh, definitely anxiety and depression, um, insomnia, you know, um, we start to adapt to this and it feels normal to us, you know? Are you under stress? Oh no, I'm good. You know, I, th- I think, you know what I think a lot of people think, I think a lot of people think maybe if they're going through something really serious and hard emotion, maybe it's a divorce or a death, something like that. I think, they, I think they may say, Hey, that's a, a big stressful event in our lives. But, but yeah, as you're saying, I mean, it is so much more than that it is all of these little things. It's, you know, the relationships, you know, just the, 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 you know, disagreements that we have with our spouses or other stressful situations, kids, right? It's all this stuff. Yeah. Well, and there's a difference between internal and external stress. And I think most people, when I say the word stress, think exactly that. Oh, well, my family, my job, you know, money, 
whatever, but we have internal stresses as well. For example, if we put a medication in our body, that causes a stress. If we don't have enough B vitamin to break our nutrition down to create energy, that's stressful, right? So these internal stresses and external stresses start impacting each other um, and they cause more stress. So I think um, the body really truly doesn't know the difference between these stress. It just sees it as stress. So um, it creates a response as if it's a bear. So your life could be great, you know, external stuff to be great. You don't have to have a divorce to be under stress. If there's anything that's not running, if your machine isn't running like it needs to run, there's going to be a backup and that backup is going to cause stress and that causes disease. And I think that's where we're seeing a lot of our epidemics in our country um, is from this stress that we really don't recognize because we're not paying attention to the internal as well as the external. Yeah, so good. You know, one of the things I was going to ask you about, I was I was reading uh, something up on your website, which it's great, by the way, if anybody wants to visit drpingle.com, D-R-P-I-N-G-E-L.com. You wrote an article on improving sleep, reducing stress and more, but I know that sleep is such an important fact. I mean, I, I can just tell you for myself. So, you know, we have a nine month old. So, so that yeah, means, congratulations. yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's been the most incredible experience, everything from the home birth to seeing her, you know, crawl and everything else. So it's been awesome, but yes. there's been less sleep. Okay. So I just want to say that now my wife is definitely my wife, Chelsea, she's a physician as well. I mean, she's just like a warrior, a queen. She's awesome. And, um, and so she definitely is staying up with our daughter, Arwen, more, more than I am, but you know, there, there's less sleep. I can just tell like two nights ago, Arwen just had a really hard time sleeping. And, and so, you know, I just woke up and I'm like, man, like I just felt more stressed throughout the day because I had slept, you know, four or five hours when usually I'm sleeping, you know, eight or nine hours, you know, eight hours. And so all that being said, talk to me about sleep, how, if you don't get sleep, how that impacts the body and how that impacts stress. Yeah, that's a great question. And congratulations, by the way, I'm the mother of two, both home birthed as well. Wow, Mine are now awesome. older. So we are now sleeping, that's great. <laughs> which is great. Um, but enjoy the ride. It's a lot of fun, um, despite the lack of sleep. But sleep, um, sleep is where we repair. So if you think of, we have two different autonomic nervous systems, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And a lot of people call that the fight or flight and the rest and digest. Well, rest and digest means we're resting so that we can empty our garbage, right? So we can clear the liver. So you're clearing your liver at night. And in fact, I, I believe it's 2 a.m. in traditional Chinese medicine. If you're waking up, your liver is mad. You know, it's like it's got- Yeah, one, one to 3 a.m. You're, you're exactly right. Yeah, exactly. So those are the times that we take out the garbage. It's the time we clean the house. It's the time we use those nutrients that we've eaten all day to, you know, support our immune system. You know, it's when our muscles repair from our exercise and our daily activities. And so when you haven't slept, you don't get that repair. And obviously there are times when you have a newborn, yeah, you don't sleep as well. And I think it's more important during those times during the day to take every opportunity to breathe, to you know, really focus on how can I calm my body down and yeah. put it in a parasympathetic state so that I can catch up on that repair because it's really easy to keep going, especially as a parent. I mean, 
it's hard. You just go and you go and you go all the time and everything becomes about them. And I think we have to remember that we have to take time for our bodies to heal our bodies and rest our bodies for better sleep. So one of the first changes I see when people start to do that is their sleep is better quality. It, it improves uh, first. And when I start to see that improving, I know we're on our way towards actually repairing a lot of the underlying symptoms that they're reporting. Yeah. Let, let me, let me ask this, Dr. Tricia. So if, if you have a, let me ask this, if you have a patient come in and see you, and again, for, for everybody listening here, you're, you're a, you know, you're, you're a naturopathic physician. And so you're going to practice more natural holistic medicine. When yeah. somebody comes to see you, well, what is the difference between if they go to a M you know, a conventional MD in, in Phoenix and Arizona where you're at versus they come to see you, like what, what, what is your treatment protocol look like? What are the things you recommend that people do generally speaking? Well, the more conventional approach is to give a benzodiazepine, right? Is to give exactly. a drug. Uh, they say, oh, you're not sleeping, take some Xanax, but they don't sit and explain what is, what is that type of drug do to the body long-term? You know, it's a, they're binding GABA, they're forcing the binding of GABA. And therefore when the body releases the GABA, it wants more GABA, right? So they're very addictive and that becomes a problem. So what I tend to do is, first of all, I think it's really important to educate the patient. We need to talk about why is this happening? Do you have a newborn? Are you under stress? You know, what's your thyroid look like? What's your gut health look like? I mean, when you look at, and I know I don't have to explain this to you, the, the gut brain access and how that controls neurotransmitters um, to calm the body down. I find most people who aren't sleeping do not have great gut health. Um, so looking at things like that, looking at those underlying factors and then giving a realistic expectation. I mean, I can certainly give certain herbs to help ease to sleep. Uh, valerian, uh, passiflora is great. I use phosphatidylserine, which is an amino acid a lot to reset cortisol rhythms, L-theanine, and those will help. But ultimately it's a long game to get yeah. back restorative sleep. It's a long game. And, and I think as long as um, I can educate the patient on that process, the hiccups, they're going to go along with it. I get great success by doing that. The hardest thing is to remove those, those benzodiazepines when people have been on them because yeah. it really messes with the sleep wake cycle and their repair cycle. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, in my, I, I wrote a book here recently, it was called ancient remedies. And one of the things I get into, uh, or I mentioned in the book is there's not a single medication that doesn't deplete your body of nutrients. So some of these medications like sleep medications, they're pulling certain B vitamins from your body, other minerals that actually in fact help you sleep. So, so, so you get addicted to these drugs and part of them, you almost need them more over time because you're getting depleted of all these nutrients versus what you're doing is you're prescribing these natural forms of medicine, like, you know, valerian, which has been used for thousands of years for helping people sleep. And I also love one of your points here is the other thing we got to do is, you know, the herbals, the supplements, those things help. But also in addition, we got to take care of these lifestyle things. If you're not sleeping because you're well watching TV until midnight with all the blue light. <laughs> That's kind of, the, I remember this. You're going to love this. I used to do a radio show years ago. It was a call-in show. It was three hours on, on, uh, on Saturdays and people would call in. And I remember sometimes I'd have people call in and I would say, I'm just struggling with fatigue. And I'd go through, I said, what are you eating? And then there's this one person. They're like, Hey, I'm eating like this perfect diet. I'm like, what are you taking? Supplements? perfect. And I'm like, okay. And then I was like, Hey, how many hours are you sleeping a night? She's like four. And I was like, wait, what? Okay. Do you know what I'm saying? It's just like, you, you got to sleep. You can't watch TV till midnight. Like all of these things are going to help. One other tip I love, you wrote an article and this seems like such a basic thing. Okay. Everybody's gonna be like, this is so basic, but you talked about how much walking, just getting out and walking 
outside how much that helps stress. And I've noticed that with myself. I'd love for you to talk about how does, you know, the benefits of walking and also is, is it a specific type of walking? Is it power walking? Is it uphill? Is it indoors? Is it outside? What do you recommend and how does that help stress? Yeah. You know, it, it, there isn't a real rule on the walking. I mean, the bottom line is we were built to move. We were not built to sit and stare at a screen or scare at a TV or, you know, we were built to do things. And so there's a couple things that walking does. Number one, it gets you outside and there is a huge value in nature, huge value in nature. First of all, for me personally, it reminds me that I'm part of a bigger universe, that there are things that are more powerful, beautiful, and stronger than me that I just can appreciate love and show gratitude for. And I think I try to show gratitude for the sunshine here in Arizona. When I go for a walk, I'm fortunate to have pretty much year round weather, walking weather, um, but also just moving the body. So I always say, go to your comfort level. If you're someone who's really fit and can walk really fast, walk fast. You know, if you're someone that's not just getting up and walking around your driveway, going outside, taking some deep breaths, you know, um, and I always combine that with gratitude always. So I always say something when I go outside, you know, I'm thankful for the dirt. I mean, it could be anything, just reminding yourself that there are beautiful, wonderful things around us that they're here to enjoy that I think we often forget about when we get caught in that cortisol hamster wheel. We just forget, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you this. So I, I have found for myself, so this was when I was younger and I'm just saying I'm almost you know 40, but when I was in my you know, late twenties, early on in practice, like I never walked in my life. I mean, I was either, and I was a triathlete. So I'm, I mean, when you work out that much, you're like, I'm not walking, like I'm not walking. I've already just ran and swam and whatever. And, but I started finding as I stopped beating up my body so bad, you know, doing all that mileage and just started doing more weight training and burst training and that sort of thing and yoga and whatever else. I, I started noticing that I just want to go on a walk. I've just noticed for myself going on a walk and just breathing and not doing something, not being on the phone, not listening to stuff, just going on a walk. We got a park close to my house here too. And I love, especially in the springtime or fall, just to get outside and just go along the trees. Sometimes I stop and just take deep breaths for about one minute. And it just, man, it is so refreshing. And so anyways, I just want to encourage you guys, listen, just go. This is such a big thing on lunch, like lunch. If you want to digest your food better, just go for a 20 minute walk. It is so big. So I love that article you wrote on your site, Dr. Pingo. It's so good. Hey guys, Dr. Axe here. I am so excited to share that my new book, Ancient Remedies is already a bestseller. When I started writing this book, I talked to Dr. Oz about the content and he was so excited that he wrote an endorsement for the book, which he rarely does. People like Carrie Underwood and Dr. Mark Hyman have been raving about the book and find out why this book already has more than 500 five-star reviews on Amazon in just a few short weeks. Head to draxcom forward slash ancient remedies to learn more about why this book will be your ultimate reference guide for healing over 70 health conditions, including including problems related to your immunity, digestion, hormones, and more. Plus, it has over 70 simple and delicious healing recipes. Again, go to DrAxe.com forward slash ancient remedies to learn more or get a copy today to see what all the buzz is about. One other thing I, I've heard you discuss is how stress affects our immune system. In fact, I believe there's even studies out there showing that stress 
affects cold, flu, all these sort of things. So talk to me about stress and your immune system. Yeah, well, you know, if you're too busy focused on that bear, things get through your immune system. I mean, you know, if you think yep. of it kind of like an army, like a front line, and they're kind of waiting, you know, okay, when's the flu coming? You know, when's it coming? And they're paying attention. But if you're too busy over here, and you're not, your body is too busy focusing on cortisol and how to manage cortisol and how to get the nutrients in and how to digest your food and how are you going to get away from the next thing? It just kind of goes on by and there's infective there. I mean, there's so many multiple, multiple factors between stress and the immune system from the nutritional aspect, from just the body's response. Um, you know, vitamin C is one of the number one deficiencies that comes from adrenal fatigue and minerals and B vitamins, right? So minerals like zinc, zinc is imperative for T cell response. It's imperative for the immune yep. system. Um, when you're depleting your body of nutrients due to being under a cortisol flight all the time, you're not going to have those nutrients to be there for you when you need them to be there for you. So, um, and I do think also another aspect, which is more on the mind body side of that is that when we're running all the time, we don't recognize or listen to our body. Mm. So our body says, slow down or you're going to get sick. And we say, Ooh, we're going to keep running. Yeah. <laughs> we just keep running right through it. Um, and so I think there's a couple different aspects on the immune system. We need to pay attention to it more when we're under stress and we need to support um, those nutrients to keep it on point. Because obviously if the immune system is not happy, it's going to result in inflammation. And when we get a lot of systemic inflammation, we end up with more disease development and you name the disease it's out there from that. So I think focusing really on going back to just our natural ability to heal and our natural ability to protect ourselves is so important and so underappreciated in the conventional world. Obviously in our world, far more appreciated, far more talked about, but a lot of people who have never heard of this before and have no idea that they actually can control their immune system favorably by reducing their stress load. Yeah, it's incredible. You know, one of the things I know, I, I saw you quote on your site, and I think this study is so powerful. It says, one study found that those who were experiencing negative emotions like stress and fear uh, had much greater symptoms, increasing mucus production and greater symptoms of the flu uh, yeah. in different forms of viruses. And I, I remember this is another study just off the top of my head from years ago. There's another study that found if you get, we talk about sleep, if you get less than seven hours of sleep a night, you like triple your risk of heart disease and double your risk of cancer and your risk of just getting sick also triples. And so it's just what you're talking about in terms of lowering the stress level on our body. It's just, it's, it's such a big deal. So I want to talk more about the adrenal glands just for a minute, because this is the organ system that tends to be most impacted. Talk to us about your, our adrenal glands. Where are they? What do they do? How are they impacted? And then what are your top tips to really focus on starting to heal these adrenals from a nutritional standpoint? Yeah. So the adrenal glands are located on top of the kidneys and they pretty much determine whether we're going to run or not. I mean, everything has to run through there. You, you're faced with whatever you're faced with and your adrenal glands say, okay, we're running or nope, we're okay. Go ahead, digest. Um, so they really are the decision makers. And because of that, they control everything else in the endocrine system. So what's in the endocrine system? You know, you've got your blood sugar management, insulin, hormone. A lot of people don't think about that, uh, but your insulin, it reacts to stress. Um, you've got your thyroid, you know, how is your thyroid going to respond when you're under stress? And then also your sex hormones as well. Um, so it impacts 
um, the adrenal glands make that decision, which then turns on other decisions throughout the body, which turns on more decisions. You know, it's kind of like a domino effect. Um, so they're very important to pay attention to. Um, when I talk to people about how to, you know, what to look at, what I found was kind of four main areas that need to be addressed as a starting point, right? Before you can go on and do other things. First of all, the diet. I mean, I know everyone says that, but diet is important. And I look at a plant-focused diet. Now, I'm personally a plant eater. I'm a vegan. That doesn't mean everyone has to be vegan. Um, I think if you can hunt it or you can grow it, you know, you can eat it. But look more at plant-focused um, diets for the nutritional aspect because you need those minerals. You need that water. You need to get out those processed foods because those are causing stress, the dyes, the additives, um, the sugars. Um, and you said on a nutritional standpoint, so on the nutritional standpoint, that's looking at foods that are high in minerals, B vitamins, vitamin C, um, and making sure that those are more part of the diet. And what, what are some of those foods? Give me an example too, of maybe some meals or some foods that people can start to incorporate. You know, the easiest way that I look at it is to look at color and try to do as many colorful things at once. So always have something that's green. Uh, the greens provide a lot of minerals. Um, a, you know, vitamin K is essential for gut flora. Um, so we look at having something green. And then if you go with something bright, you're getting a lot of your antioxidants and your vitamin C. A lot of people lean to citrus right away, um, which I love. Uh, grapefruit on a salad. Yay. Uh, I love it. But uh, you can also look at berries, all colors of different berries, uh, mangoes, papayas. Uh, those are fantastic sources of vitamin C that people don't think of. Um, I tend to also put in on the plant-based arena lentils um, to get a little bit more of the protein aspect of it and a little bit more of the amino acids, B vitamins and such. Um, if you're a meat eater, um, anti-inflammatory meats, you know, I like to know where meats come from, you know, grass fed, organic, um, nothing processed. Once you start doing that, the body actually reacts really quickly and people see drastic changes in how they feel in their energy and their sleep and their clarity and their ability to handle external stress changes by simply looking at removing those processed foods and every i just say every month just incorporate something new that you've never had before um beets are a good one a lot of people don't eat beets yeah yeah so yeah these are a lot of good suggestions you know, one, one of the things we find in, in Chinese medicine too, is that they tend to, there's something that's called five elements and you, you have the five mm -hmm. elements. And so you got the water element, which is really directly connected to your adrenals. And so I know in, in TCM, you know, they're recommending a lot of the foods you recommended, but specifically the blue and purple, those really dark nutrient dense things like berries along with the green leafy vegetables. And if it's water element, it's also things like seaweed, wild caught fish, like salmon, even miso, but it's a lot of these wild fish, seaweed, loads of vegetables, loads of berries, you know, that are just kind of like helping pump up those adrenals. How about from an herbal standpoint? Are there any herbs and supplements that support the adrenals? Oh, there's a ton. The adaptogen arena of herbs is my favorite. <laughs> there's so many. I would say some of my absolute favorites of ashwagandha is definitely up there. The reason being, um, you know, in Ayurvedic medicine, I think it's been used for more than 6,000 years. It's a restorative tonic. It's, and what I like about it is that it's not stimulating, but it's yeah. nourishing to the adrenal glands. So what I find is a lot of people who are in that fight or flight don't do well with some of the stimulatory adaptogens. Yeah. So ginseng will send them over the edge. You know, it's too much. Um, sometimes even rhodiola, although it has a well-balanced um, 
profile, sometimes it's overstimulating. So ashwagandha is one of my favorites. It's very well tolerated unless you're allergic to nightshades. Then it's not so well tolerated, you know, but because um, it is a nightshade. But that's one of my favorite. Uh, Shishandra berry, another big one. Yeah. Love that. Um, and it's very sweet. Um, you know, it kind of it has a nice well, sweet and sour. It has a nice flavor to it. There was even a local restaurant here that um, their bartender had a Shishandra berry syrup wow. um, to add to drinks, which I thought was was great. You can actually make your own syrups out of that if you're really gung ho about it. Um, so I would say ashwagandha, shishandra, rhodiola, bacopa. Um, yeah. Gosh, I mean, the list goes on forever, Doctor. <laughs> I, I know that you know what. There are so many adaptogens. I want to mention shishandra is an incredible berry. In fact, in Chinese medicine, it's known as the only food with five flavors. Yeah. So it is really cool, and um, I actually have some in my cupboard. I I take it here in, in a while. In Chinese medicine, I think it's the number one thing used for stress that actually causes you to actually get run down to the point of mono. So a lot of TCM docs, you know, prescribe it for that, which is so in line with all the things you're talking about uh, here as well. Um, So I'd love to hear about your diet and what you, I always love asking docs this, what do you personally do? Like when you wake up for breakfast, lunch, dinner, like what do you eat? What are the supplements you personally take on a regular basis? Well, I am a plant eater. That's what I do. So, um, I wake up in the morning, um, and I make, I've just started making my own cashew yogurt, which has been kind of fun. Um, I've tried dairy free yogurts in the past and they were miserable. They never worked. And now I've figured out this recipe. So lately I've been having homemade cashew yogurt, um, with a little bit of, um, you know, a nut based granola. I definitely do berries, usually always blueberries, uh, sometimes strawberries, sometimes raspberries. Um, alternatively, maybe some, um, you know, gluten-free oatmeal for lunch. Typically it's a lot of vegetables. It's whatever I have in my fridge. I'm, I'm, I'd like to make a lot of bowls and this goes for dinner as well. I like to make a lot of bowls. So I usually do some sort of rice or quinoa or amaranth, um, some sort of the ancient grains, uh, always broccoli. I'll do carrots. I'll do kale. I'll do collard, whatever I happen to have in my fridge and usually some sort of protein source. So sometimes that's a lentil, sometimes that's chickpeas, sometimes that's a non-GMO organic tofu or tempeh. Um, And my dinner is fairly similar to that. Um, I think the one thing that I do that I've really had to change my own health that a lot of people maybe don't think about is water, drinking enough water throughout the day. Um, So that's kind of my snacks. I make sure that I'm drinking enough water and staying on point with that. Um, Supplement wise, um, I take a turmeric, Um, for my immune system, for antioxidant health, I take, um, L-theanine, ashwagandha, bacopa, some of these are in blends, vitamin C, magnesium, I think is so critical. I take zinc, especially right now, um, a probiotic and, uh, multivitamin. Gosh, I take a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I know. When I start counting mine too, I, I take, I take, I take quite a bit too. Like there's more, but that's a good start. yeah, Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm not trying, you know, I, I think too, when I get that question though, I think too, I do change it up seasonally based on what yeah. you typically take, what my body needs. I know, you know, you're, you're, you're so dialed into and knowing your body and what you need to, that it's, uh, you know, probably, probably a very similar thing. Talk to me about exercise when you have adrenal fatigue, because one of the things I've seen in patients I've cared for over the years is it really depends on the person and their level of adrenal fatigue and what type of exercise I prescribe they do. Yeah, that's the hardest part. And I think people just want to be perfect. So they think, oh, well, if I can't go be a CrossFitter, I can't do it. And that's just, that's not the message. The the bottom line is we need to move. If that means 
that every time you go to the bathroom, you walk your kitchen 10 times, then that's what that means. You got to get up and you have to start doing something because something leads to the next thing, to the next thing. You know, I do Pilates, I do hip hop dance and um, I do just regular workouts. Well, I couldn't do that originally. You know, I had to start somewhere and move towards that. And now I look forward to it. So I think um, when it comes to exercise, anything that can access parasympathetic activity, just calm the body down. Yeah yoga stretches, even just stretching, stretching and breathing. There is so much power in your breath. Yeah. And that's an exercise in itself. <laughs> Those muscles do not work as well as they should. We're all guilty of it. We breathe from up here. Our thoracic spine locks up. And then we wonder why we have back pain and neck pain, right? We're supposed to be moving those, those muscles. We're supposed to be expanding them. So even just if you talk about somebody who really has a ton of pain or a pain syndrome or, you know, a lot of limitations, even simply sitting and practicing on moving that rib cage and breath can make such a dramatic impact on the adrenal system to be able to get them to expand further to walking exercise and more regular exercise. But we were born to move and that's how we stay healthy. You know, we need to have our heart rate up. We need to breathe in oxygen. Um, and so I think so many times now we're so sedentary, uh, we forget to do that. So that's where I would start. And then you go up from there based on basic, um, you know, fitness levels. I love it. I think it's great advice. And I think too, you know, I, I think that's where walking is great. I mean, if you're a person and you got, you have adrenal fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome, those sort of issues, walking is just the most fantastic place to start, especially in nature. And then, you know, and then, and then, you know, working your way up uh, there as well. And I think, Hey, if you are a CrossFitter, if you are a triathlete, if you are an athlete and you're listening to this, then you want to take care of your adrenals too, because your body is, you're in a fight or flight state a lot. If you're doing things like CrossFit, marathon training, triathlon training, or just even, even if you do boot camps every day, almost for an hour, this stuff really starts to wear on your body. And so some of the things that Dr. Pingle talked about here are highly recommended. I think for athletes, ashwagandha is it's incredible for everybody, but it's also great for athletes. Zinc is so important for repairing your body if you're an athlete. So again, just some great recommendations there uh, from Dr. Pingle. So I, I want to mention this for everybody listening. Uh, Dr. Pingle has a new book out that is fantastic. You can get it on amazon.com or her website, drpingle.com. It's called the Total Health Turnaround Program. And really this book goes through how to heal and overcome a lot of these stresses today. And, you know, and, and really the natural way of healing, especially with your mind. Okay. Again, we talked about this earlier, how your mind affects your emotions. Also, I think the book is great for, uh, you know, motivating you, but again, it's really the big thing there. It helps you reverse adrenal fatigue and boost your energy. So if you have those goals, it's a great book. Also, Dr. Tricia has a program. Her patients go through a four-step protocol in a 30-day program. And you can learn more about her and her program. You can go to Dr. Pingle. That's D-R-P-I-N-G-E-L, drpingle.com, and check out her program as well. Dr. Pingle, any last tips of advice? Because I know we talked about a lot of things uh, regards to the adrenal glands and reducing stress and overcoming fear. A any last tips or any other advice? You, you can say as much as you want about uh, you know ways to get to the root cause, heal our bodies, overcome this stress and adrenal uh, you know adrenal stress. You know, I think the number one thing is to, you know, basically encourage everyone just to remind themselves that they're worth it. They're worth the nutrition. They're worth, 
they're worth being healthy because we get so caught up in, I need to help this person and that person and this person and that person. But if you're not there and you're not healthy, you can't help those people anymore. So I think um, prioritizing your health is so important. And that's the first step. And then when you take that step, you just make this choice to change. You say, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to commit to it. And you don't have to do any of this perfectly. That's stressful. (laughs) You know, we're not going into this to say, okay, tomorrow we're going to be adrenal fatigue free. We're not, you know, I've personally been working on it for myself for about 20 years. I still have places to go. I still find new goals and set new goals. So I think, you know, recognizing that prioritizing your health is something you can absolutely do. And then starting where you're at and taking one step at a time and not beating yourself up when you can't do everything and you can't do everything exactly like you want to do it. I think that's probably the biggest boundary that most people tell me. They go, well, I can't do it because I've got this and I've got that. I don't have time or I'm too tired. Um, And it doesn't have to be this big, overwhelming task. It's just one step at a time. And by doing that, you eventually accomplish more and more goals, which allows you to do more and more. So I would encourage people to trust the process, trust in yourself, look inside your heart, you know, just remind yourself that you are absolutely worth it. You know, you're worth taking care of your stress so that you can be a better and more productive and energetic person and give more to the people around you than you do already. Um, So that's kind of my biggest advice on it. We all start too big. We just need to start one thing at a time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I want to encourage everybody, listen, your adrenal glands are a important organ system. In Chinese medicine, they're known as, and this is true, they're the organ system that essentially supplies energy to your entire body. So taking care of them is so important. We learned a lot with Dr. Patricia here today. We learned how to get better night's sleep. We talked about getting out and walking. We talked about all the nutrients, everything from ashwagandha, uh, rhodiola, the foods like beets and blueberries and wild seafood, all these things that can help your adrenal glands. I want to encourage you again, go to drpingle.com. She's got some great articles and there are loads and loads of healthy recipes to support your adrenals and help reduce stress. Dr. Pingle, I want to say thanks so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Dr. Axe. Absolute pleasure to sit and chat with you. Yeah, you're welcome. Hey, thanks everybody for joining me here with another podcast. I'll be back next week. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Make sure to go to my recent Instagram post and let me know what your favorite part of the show was. Also, don't forget to follow me at Dr. Josh Axe there on Insta, where I cover the latest health trends, natural medicine, and so much more. Also, if you're loving this podcast, do me a big favor, head over to Apple Podcasts, subscribe, and leave a five-star review. Thanks so much for being on mission with me. See you next week. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed in this podcast are not medical advice and have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. In some cases, individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein.